Hi there, and welcome to my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. I am Catherine, and I am so glad to welcome you here. Let's discover together interesting facts about fashion and history and fashion history. For some women, their wedding day is considered as the most beautiful day of their life. This day during which you gather all your loved ones is the celebration of your love and attachment to your other half, a symbol of love you have for each other, of the start of a new family. And of course, for this very special day of your life, you want to look the best, from the dress to the shoes to the hairstyle, makeup and mani-pedi, and the wedding dress being the most important element, for which you will spend endless hours scrolling on internet, Instagram, Pinterest, going to boutiques and trying on different models, and hopefully not, getting to a fight with your mother or bridesmaids to finally find the perfect fit, the unique dress that will make you look like a princess, like a queen, like a goddess, in a word, the most beautiful woman on earth. Starting from young age, little girls start to plan their wedding, what kind of dress they would wear, how they would be the most beautiful bride ever, incidentally also picturing how their husband would be, rich, young and handsome, of course, thanks to the Disney fairy tales. I also like to look at my parents' wedding picture, marveling at my mother's wedding dress and how beautiful she was. She kept the wedding dresses catalogs from when she was preparing her wedding and I liked to flip through the pages, looking at the various models and trying to choose which one I would have for my own wedding. And at that time, I was quite disappointed by the choice my paternal grandmother did for her own wedding. A minimalist skirt suit in dark grey with a white blouse and beautiful hat. Though being now older and a bit older than when she got married, I completely understand this choice of not having a proper white wedding dress. And if I got married one day, it won't be in the same type of dress than the one I thought it would be when I was 12 years old. Aside from these personal considerations, why do we wear white dresses for wedding? Why is it proper to have a white dress? And why? having a special dress. To understand more, I decided to have a look at what was done during the past. What were the wedding dress practices during the antiquity, middle ages and more modern times? Who was at the origin of wearing white for their wedding? What are the symbols linked with the colors, choices, the headpieces and bouquets? And finally, why is the wedding dress the showstopper of any respectable fashion show in haute couture? Let's dive together in the history of the wedding dress to discover more. Wedding dresses are per se not something new. From the beginning of time, to celebrate the union of two people, the groom and the bride could, would wear more, their more beautiful outfits than the ones for their everyday life. Throughout the antiquity, the type of clothing worn by women to celebrate their union was in fact following their daily outfits. In ancient Egypt, women would wear their calasiris with a wig and jewelry. Nothing really special here. And in ancient Greece, they could wear two types of dress, 
The peplos, a large piece of rectangular fabric wrapped around the body and fastened at the waist with a belt and at the shoulders level with pins, the fibulas. And the other type of dress was the chiton, which would work the same way as the peplos, but the chiton being more associated with a type of tunic ancient Greek men would wear. The belt used to fasten the peplos or chiton around the waist, the zone, would be fastened in different ways and would have different meanings when worn by women. Thus, the zone was an indicator of sexual maturity, as this belt would be worn fastened only by menstruated women, and the act of fastening the zone would show the readiness of the girl or woman to get married. Not yet menstruated girls would wear the zone not fastened around the waist hanging. Unmarried adult women, as a way to show their virginity, would wear it belted and during the wedding night, the act of unbelting of the zone by the husband would symbolize the accomplishment of the sexual intercourse, sealing the wedding. Women would also wear a veil to complete, to complete their wedding outfit. As for ancient Greek women, ancient Roman women would also wear a dress, the tunica recta, a stola made of a long piece of rectangular fabrics up to the feet. At the waist, the belt was knotted in a special knot, the Hercules knot, symbolizing love and marriage, that only the groom on the wedding night could unknot. The head of the bride was covered by a veil, the flammeum, which could be yellow or orange, and a yellow hairnet. Their hairs would be separated by a spear or hasta, which would symbolize the husband's authority on his wife and the protection against a troubled marriage. The hairs would be spreaded under the veil and flowers could be displayed on the veil as crown of orange blossoms. They would wear saffron or orange-colored sandals. And ancient Romans would get married in June in preference, as it was the months of the goddess Juno, the equivalent of Ira in the Greek mythology, and the yellow hairnet was dedicated to the Lares, the guardian deities in ancient Rome. During the Middle Ages, no specific dress was worn to celebrate the wedding. Women would wear their most beautiful dress, and the color wasn't that important. By looking at paintings of that time, we can have a more precise idea on how women were dressed for their special day, even if wedding was acting as a way to bring together two families from a more political, economic or diplomatic point of view, rather than from mutual love. In fact, apart from ancient Egyptian women who were quite free to marry whoever they wanted, starting from ancient Greece, women were forced to marry to marry the man her family would choose for them, without any possi possibility to say a word. So you could find dresses from different colors, like dark blue, shades of red made of velvet, satin silk or brocade silk, ornated with patterns embroidered in gold and white ermine furs for the wealthier. For poorer women, the fabrics of choice would be linen or cotton, and they would wear their Sunday dress for their wedding, the dress they would wear only to go to the church on Sundays, thus the best one they had. On the top of a chemise and stockings, the medieval women 
would wear a long dress made of a bodice and skirt, and on the top of this dress, they could wear a second dress, the coat hardy, whose bodice was quite fitted to the body and which would become ampler from the tights and long until the ankles with a train. This is this dress which would be richly decorated to show the status of the family the woman was coming from. And to go with their dress, women could wear a pointy headwear with a veil or a crown made of flowers. Starting from the Renaissance time, following the changes in the form of the dresses, the dress worn for the wedding would also evolve. The wealthier the family, the more richly decorated the dress would be. And the difference might be that wealthy women would stop wearing a headpiece for their wedding and would prefer pearl nets, headpieces being left to women from lower classes. And in the countryside, local traditional costumes could be also worn for wedding, a practice which will last for several centuries. As we could see, we didn't, we didn't have any fixed rules regarding wedding dresses, and in particular their colors. The main word was, wear your most beautiful dress for your wedding. Bright colors, as red, would even be favored. So, how did we end with white wedding dresses? The first woman spotted to wear a white dress for her wedding was Mary Stuart when she married Francis II in April 1558. Why white? Well, there can be different explanations for this choice. The first one was that white would have been the color of her mother's family, Mary of Guise, and she might have wanted to pay tribute to that side of her family during her wedding. The other explanation was that she chose this color to mourn a father who died when she was six, year, six days old and pay tribute to him during her wedding, white being the color of mourning at that time in European countries. Nobody is sure of why this choice of color, but it inspired other women to choose this color for their wedding dress too for a while. It wouldn't last long though, as after some times, women would up, ba opt back for colored dresses for their wedding, and especially black or dark color for countryside and peasant families, as these were colors and dresses which could be worn several times after the wedding, and not just for the wedding itself. We would need to wait for another queen's wedding to have white being imposed as the color of choice for wedding dress, and this queen is no other than Queen Victoria, the ancestor of Queen Elizabeth II. We can ask ourselves the same question as above. Why white? Queen Victoria got married to Prince Albert in 1840. The dress and other accessories she would wear would heavily influence the fashion for wedding dresses, including the form of the dress and its color, white. White would have been chosen for two reasons, it seems. The first one being that Queen Victoria didn't want to outshine her fiancé's outfit, which was in deep and bright reds. So she decided to downtune the color of her own outfit and chose white. It is said that Queen Victoria was deeply in love with her husband, which could explain why, even if she was a queen, she decided to be less visible than him on that important day. The other reason was that this choice of color, as well as the choice of fabrics, would help to relaunch the industry of satin and of oniton lace, thus 
helping the economic growth of the London suburbs of Spital Fields. When love and economy meet. Starting from there, white will be adopted as the official color for wedding dress and the Christian religion will even add another symbolic to this color. Not only white would be associated with wealth and not every woman would be able to afford a white dress for their wedding, but white would be also here to represent virginity, purity and innocence, concepts so dear to the church and to the society starting from the 19th century when it came to the perception of women inside the society. Then, Another reason will make white assessing its status of monopole of colors for wedding dresses, the invention of the photography. Remember, at that time, photos were more in black and white or sepia tones. Of course, a white dress would pop up more brightly than a colored one, which could be lost among the other darker colors of the picture. The white wedding dress became a classic and almost mandatory. It was a way to show the purity and innocence of the bride, and only women who were made married once could wear colored dresses for their second wedding. The form of the wedding dress itself would really follow the silhouette of the time. La Belle Époque, the 20s, the 30s silhouettes would be reflected in the cut of the wedding dress. During the Second World War, because of the fabric shortage and rationing, women would choose shorter dresses, sometimes suits with shorter hemlines, that they could wear for other occasions. And influenced by Christian Dior's new look and his voluminous skirts, the 50s will see ample and long wedding dresses, while the 60s, the era of the miniskirts by Mary Quant, will see wedding dresses with shorter hemlines. We will need to wait for the 90s to have colors back in fashion for wedding wear. Nowadays, wedding dresses are less regulated as it used to be in the past. You can basically wear whatever dress or other outfit in whatever colors you want. And if 20 years ago, when I was imagining my own wedding, I was thinking of a long lace and satin white dress with a train and a veil making me look like a princess, now, if one day I get married, which is not a priority neither, I am more into having a simple pantsuit in off-white colors, maybe a designer one with a white brim hat, because I love hats and scarves also, and maybe I should do a podcast episode on them too one day. Something I could wear for other occasions, something I could pass along. Because yes, wedding dresses started to be an investment, a dress you would wear only once in your lifetime, and In some families, wedding dresses were passed along from generation of women to generation of women. Nowadays, you see more and more second-hand wedding dresses on the market. A translation of the hair of our times, maybe. Traditionally, alongside with the wedding dress, the bride would wear a veil and have a bouquet of flowers. The veil is an accessorized that we saw starting from ancient Greece, which would come and go, according to the fashion of the time, the traditions and habits. Depending on the century, you can see long veils covering the body, hiding it, shorter veils attached to other headpieces as hats, hairnets, or just the hairs beautifully done and decorated with pearls, jewelry, flowers, or flower crowns. 
The tradition of having a bouquet of flowers for the wedding would go back to the Crusades, when the knights were coming back from the Middle East with the practice of brides to do buckets of orange blossoms, symbolizing purity, to announce their wedding. Other sources date the wedding bouquet back to the antiquity, when brides would have a bucket of aromatic plants to protect the newlyweds from bad spirits. Some of the plants used might also have aphrodisiac powers. In the past, weddings were celebrated during spring and summer, and bouquets were done with natural seasoned flowers. Nowadays, bouquets can be done with natural or artificial flowers. During the 19th century up to the beginning of the 20th century, the tradition was to keep the bride's bucket in a special recipient, a transparent glass recipient in the form of a bell with a velvet cushion to put the bucket on it. The couple had to keep the bucket during the length of their marriage. At my parents' place, we have some of these beautiful recipients, and my mother used one of them to put her own wedding flower crown. So many traditions linked with the wedding outfits, the veil, the headpiece, the bucket, the dress, which, no matter the style, the colors, the fabrics, if it's a unique dress especially for this day, or an outfit meant to be worn again, or a traditional local costume, this will be your most beautiful outfit, which will make you the most beautiful bride. That is maybe why the wedding dress is the showstopper of haute couture fashion shows. A dress so beautifully executed that it will make everybody dreaming of looking like a princess, at least for a day. By the way, did you know that the tradition to end a fashion show with a wedding dress was launched in the 50s by Christian Dior? Well, now you know. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast on the story of the wedding dress. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen your podcasts, to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook, and to have a look at my blog to complete the podcast with some visuals. And if you like my podcast, feel free to leave a comment or a review. I would really appreciate it. I am Catherine, and this is my Fashion Stories Box podcast a podcast about stories in fashion history. See you next week for a new fashion story box. <music>